Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the One Before I Die podcast, episode 157, coming at you. Um, we're back, back for another week here. And, you know, to be honest here, just don't really know how to start this episode. I mean, I guess I'll start off by saying, you know, you texted me this after the game yesterday, but the Bills and Sabres are combined 0-7 since you returned from St. Lucia on your honeymoon. You have to take a little bit of the fault on your shoulders. Um, so I'll start there and, and see kind of what you have to say about that. But I mean, you got to get dialed in here. I don't know if you've been dialed in St. Lucia. I, I don't know what to do. It's, you know, you might have to get the divorce papers rolling because it is, it is <laughs> not good. I I don't know what happened. I just touched down and neither of my teams win anymore. So it's absolutely crazy. Well, you're just off in, in, in. You know the the world's not all sunshine. I'm tiled in right now. The, the world's not all sunshines and rainbows like it is in St. Lucia, and you come back and you think we're just gonna roll into some W's, you know, because this team's been playing good and and you know zero and seven both teams combined. We lose to the Arizona Coyotes. That was I labeled that as a must win game. The Sabers lose to the Coyotes on home ice after two days rest. Um, yeah, it just hasn't been good. So I mean, I guess before we you know completely dive in here. Uh, just a little rundown of the episode here as always, you know, to start it off and um, pretty basic stuff. I mean, we're going to be talking about the bills, probably do a little short-term long-term action, and then we'll roll it into the Sabres and, and talk about their three games that they went on through in, in, in this past week here. So bills rolling into Sabres, and then we'll do a little look ahead um, for both teams as well. But um, yeah, we'll start it right with the bills, obviously coming off a, a just excruciating loss to the Minnesota Vikings, 33 to 30 final score. Allen threw two picks. Um, you know, there's the whole, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Playing mind games with the Vikings. Um, obviously, he ends up playing, and he, he you know, he looked healthy. I mean, I don't think the, you know, the injury was necessarily the reason um, the game went the way it did, but he obviously ended up playing, and just a, a bunch of stuff at the end of the game that went, you know, cl- down in classic Buffalo fashion. So um, I'll throw it over to you to kind of, you know, get your initial thoughts here. Um, if we want to do short term, long term, we can do that. But I'm going to throw it over to you to kind of steer the ship here and see what direction we want to take this in. Yeah, it was just it was a tough game. I mean, it was a game that the Bills should not they should not have lost, but they deserve to lose, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, they just had, I don't know how many plays that I can just go over in my head that if it goes the other way, they probably win the game. They had so many times that they could close the game out. And it was it was happening all game too, right? They couldn't get off the field on third down. They couldn't get that one extra play to score. It was and then and then it comes down to those critical plays that everybody knows and uh, you know keep keeps replaying in their brains on this Monday. But it was it was a classic um old school bills type of game where it's like this it's a this franchise's curse type of moment where nothing it didn't matter how well they played they still scored 30 points and lose even though they played terrible in the second half even though they turned the ball over what four times it's it's just it's just one of those games where turn it over four times that was yeah, three didn't they well they had two fumbles and two picks i thought what was the i only remember the singletary fumble the fumble that lost in the game. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, you're talking about not dialed. I was just, yeah. I mean, I just forgot about that. I mean, I didn't forgot about that, but I forgot it was obviously a turnover. Just, um, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, they didn't play. I mean, yeah, they, they scored three points in the second half. I guess six. They scored six points in the second half because of the, the field goal six, that sent it yeah. to overtime. But but I, it, I don't it was know, just man. Bad. It was just bad all around from it. I don't I don't even think Allen played terrible. I mean, he had a he had a solid first half, right? And then really good first half. And he was honestly, yeah. I mean, I don't think he played terrible until the end, honestly, when it mattered, right? Like and and, and what pisses me off the most, and I, you know, I'm kind of jumping ahead here and, and going to that final drive of the game, but Obviously, a terrible decision by Allen to throw that ball where, where Peterson picked it off to seal the game. But we're moving down the field at will with Allen scrambling, running, little short pass to Diggs, right? Diggs is getting open on these little five-yard passes pretty much every every time on that drive. Yeah, And then you take two shots to the end zone. Like, the first one to Knox was like, okay, because it was, you know, first down, and that was honestly a 50-50 ball where if Knox makes a play, you know, he had a chance there. But yeah, why the then go to the end zone again? Like you could you had two timeouts in a in a minute. The time wasn't a factor. It made no sense. I, I didn't understand it when he, you know, and then obviously what happens is just justifies it all. But you're moving down the field at will. Like honestly, I feel so confident and, every and that time wasn't Allen even... drops back and just takes off. Like he could I feel like he could have ran five times in a row on a scramble and we would have we would have scored. And not and that wasn't even the first time that, that happened. I mean, it was what we were up 10, ball on the eight yard line second and two and we want rerun what three straight pass plays and turn the ball over on downs it, it's well, just Allen like it was a picks but whatever it was fourth down and it, it, the the offense in the red zone is mind-boggling to me you think that this team would have the best red zone offense when you have a linebacker playing quarterback that can run people over and i don't understand is it the play calling is it Allen? it doesn't make sense i, I mean It'd be stupid not to sit here and not blame Ken Dorsey for. A yeah, little I was just gonna bring loss. him up. I was just gonna bring him up because even on that on that play on the pick at the end of the game, where to Davis, the the last play of the game, you you watch it back. Literally every receiver or tight end, they just ran like four verticals. Like I don't understand. It was like a hail mary type play call on second down. When you, you know what I mean? Like you watch yeah. that play, there was no short routes. Everyone was just running straight down the field up the seam. It, <laughs> so it's not like it was like a. I mean, it was a terrible decision, but it's not like, you know, there was someone like wide open in the flat or something. I think maybe but the thing is, though, that I, you know, I wouldn't late, mind it. Whatever. If you watch that play where he throws the pick in overtime, the middle is wide open for him to run because everybody's in that's the That's what end I zone. mean. Yeah. And so I, I maybe I give a little bit of credit to Ken Dorsey if that's what he's thinking. You know, if he's like, hey, well, Josh, then he's got to tell that to Josh when he, yeah. when he calls the play. Hey, dude, I'm, I'm calling verticals like it's going to be open in the middle. Don't be afraid yeah. to take off. Yeah, and maybe he did say that, and Josh was thought he was had something there to win it. But man, it's it, it's a definitely a shared blame here. I'm not going to put it all on Allen, and I'm not going to put it all on Dorsey. But to sit here and just blame Josh for the entire loss, I think, is a little bit much. Even though, you know, yeah, I'm not doing that at all. Um, it, sorry, go ahead. You're you're going to finish that thought. With all that being said, it's like you don't fumble the snap. And if Cam Lewis bats down the ball, like this is all like second nature talk. We're all talking about how we gritted out a win, you know, finally got back in. The, it's all, you know, by the wayside. Yeah, it's concerning, but we got the W and we always talk about how all that matters is the win. Right. And so yeah. it, it, this is crazy that we're even dissecting it to this much. And, and it was driving me insane on Twitter after the game. Obviously, everybody loves to have these crazy reactions i think i've matured a little bit where i you know i used to be in the same boat too where it's like the sky was falling after every loss 
I'm still not at that point yet in the season. I mean, we're six and three and I, I still, I'm going to ride with Josh Allen. The thing is though, like it's insane that we, we we're even at this point as a fan base right now because of these, those two plays didn't go our way when I don't, what are the chances that Jefferson catches that ball? If you, if you run that play over a hundred times, yeah, well, that's absolutely insane. That's what I was, and then the fumbled snap, like, Combining those two, if you parlayed those things in a, in a betting sense and you put 10 bucks on him, you'd probably be a millionaire right now. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to bring up was like just Jefferson. We had to, you know, you got to hand Jefferson a little bit. Obviously, that was the the biggest storyline going in the game because that was the trade we, you know, the pick we traded away. We got Diggs. Diggs played very well. He also did drop that ball on the sideline in a very clutch scenario where he makes that catch 10 times out of 10. Of course, the one time he drops it, he did. Um, but, dude, I mean, that catch, I mean... It, Cam Lewis, you have to bat the ball in the air. And I know after the game in his presser, he took full responsibility and he felt terrible, obviously. Um, but like you're a like you're a third string, right? Like you're like a third string guy, like a third, fourth string guy. The only this reason is you're first playing, time playing safety. The only reason you're playing in this game is because there's so many injuries. If that was Hyde or Poyer, like you're obviously still pissed if they try to go for the pick, but like they get a little more wiggle room, right? Like this guy, Cam Lewis, like you get your shot and you you cannot not knock that away and then like i mean i guess give you got to give credit to jefferson too because i mean that might have been better than the obj pick uh or, or catch you know that was the greatest catch ago. i've ever seen like so i mean fourth and 18 and, and and as soon as i was i was even thinking maybe they're gonna punt this ball after third down which i guess wouldn't have made well, sense they, they, they only had, had one time out. yeah I, I guess they had to but like after the third down sack by miller i mean miller was kind of a ghost all game. He was lurking a little bit, but you know, he always comes up clutch. Right. And it's, it was like, it, it was the same thing that we've seen so many times this year where we, we sign this guy and he makes that clutch play and a sack when you absolutely need it. And then, and then that happens. And then, you know, from there, it was just like the defense just, just fell apart and, and they went down, but then they, then they stopped him on fourth and goal. And like, I mean, we can just, you know, talk about it to we're blue in the they face played, here, but yeah, they made so many plays the ball. Until it like mattered. it's just, it, it's just insane that they, they fumbled that ball. And then you, and then you even go to overtime though, even after that, you know, after they fumbled the ball yep. too, and they gave up the touchdown, I was like, obviously devastated, but I was also thinking, listen, we still have like, this is enough time to go to get a field goal a hundred percent with this offense. And even though they haven't been clicking the second half, Allen's clutch, you can go down and get a field goal, which is exactly what they did. We lose the coin toss. Didn't really matter though. Cause we're driving. And obviously, you know, the rest is history, but um, I guess if we want to take a step back here and maybe look at the long-term more, that was kind of the short-term, I think, from both of our perspectives. Um, oh, actually, no, one more thing I wanted to say. Is it also kind of baffles me if we're going back to the Dorsey and the play calling and, and just the scheme is it, it, why, why are we not getting Heinz more involved? I get we just got him, but if yeah. you go out at the deadline and you trade for a guy like that, Clearly, that means you want to get him playing. He's been here for a week and a half. I, I get that, like he, it's not that long, but it's still this is his second game. He's been here for a full week of preparation for the next game. I, I don't understand why he's not in the backfield more. The running backs were not used at all in the second half. Um, that was a bigger. That was a bigger problem. No I don't sense. care who it is. Run the freaking football at least a little bit. Run some clock. And Singletary was playing pretty well. Obviously, he fumbled, but he, he was he had his legs under him. It just, yeah, I don't understand why I don't run the ball once second and two on that. That's that's when the game was decided when the Bills didn't get points on that drive when they were up 10. 
and I, and I will say, there. And, and I, I was, say, I was though, team go for it. I me was too. Team go for uh, it. Right. Right. I was just going to say that in hindsight, obviously you, you take the points and it's a different outcome, but in real time, like I'm not going to act like I, you know, I wanted to go for it there. Right. McDermott's changed his philosophy since the chiefs divisional loss a couple of years ago, where we didn't go for it when we needed to a bunch of times. And, and he's changed his philosophy where he goes for it in that situation. And that's like the coaching style that he probably 10 times out of 10 would have still made the same call. And me in real time, want them to go for it too. Yeah, in hindsight, you kick the field, you probably win the game. But like we all don't act like every Bills fan in that moment wasn't happy when they saw the offense stay on the field, right? So, yeah, you know, I I agree, but it's it's just insane that you don't call one run play. No, I yeah that that was crazy. Um, and then just man, I just can't believe he threw a pick. Obviously, it didn't matter as fourth down, but just the fact that like it was another pick, man, like it just seamlessly these these ones that are just going right to the defender obviously peterson made a nice play and he like kind of snuck back in but it's just happening three weeks in a row now and well it's crazy. i don't the the first pick though it's like it's fourth down and so is he's got to throw the ball to the end zone yeah you throw it yeah. you throw it away you give it up anyway right and he even admitted that in his press conference he's like i guess got to like he's like i'm giving the ball away if i if i throw no 100 percent. that the second pick though yeah i was he had yeah. a running lane. He had the check down mm-hmm. and he was just forcing the ball. And it's the same thing that we've been talking about. He's forcing it. And you could see how angry he was after. It's like the coach has got to sit him down and be like, Josh, you just got to chill out. Like, I don't know yeah. if he's getting worked up with how much press he's been getting because of how hot he started, you know? And it's like, everybody's like, oh my gosh, this guy's a, a God. And he feels like he has to like one up himself every week on, you know, doing something crazy and hurdling defenders and yada, yada, yada. And I feel like the coach has just got to be like, dude, just play within yourself, make smart decisions, take care of the football, and we're going to be all right. It's like it's like you on the golf course, right? Play within myself here. Yeah. It's like I'm not hitting the ball 300. <laughs> you I'm know when you got to lay up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's the main point. And I, I really... I'm really hoping that maybe we can transition in the long term here. Yeah. I'll start off with, with what I'm going to say is I, I'm not, I'm not ready to panic yet. And nah, I've been seeing, I'm not either. I've been seeing way too much panic on, on the timeline. And this is coming from a guy that grew up as most fans of the bills have. And you know, their late twenties, early thirties of watching some really bad football of some <clears throat> really bad bills teams. And this is not that those aren't, this isn't that type of team where, you know, the Fitzpatrick, fun year where he started out five and one and or five and oh or whatever and we gave him a bunch of money it's like hey we might have something this year and but everybody knew deep down that we weren't you know a super bowl team this team's different we always we already know that we're six and three yeah we're what not in first place in the afc east anymore we don't really control our own destiny you know control our own destiny to have the one seed but Again, like make the playoffs. Anything can happen. We're still a Super Bowl favorite. I'm still riding with Josh Allen. I've watched way too many bad football uh, Bills football teams to give up at six and three. You got to be kidding me. Like you talk to me in high school and you tell me that I would be crying about a six and three Bills team that has the best odds to win the Super Bowl. I would have laughed in your face. So, I mean, like get it together, Bills Mafia. This is this is not rock bottom, right? We've seen way worse. And I don't know why people are just so worked up and crying at this point. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I love the maturity out of you too. You, you've really <laughs> turned the corner there. Cause I feel like I was, you know, on that way. I've been on that wave. I feel like for a little bit now where I've tried to, you know, take a step back and, and tell you it's going to be okay. But no, I'm with you. I mean, 
I'm not going to echo everything you said because I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to sound like a broken record because I, I am fine. I'm, I'm not panicked yet. The only thing I will say is that, and this has nothing to do with the <clears throat> the Bills team, like and their their like their makeup and the structure. It's more so like I am getting word because of the injuries and like that's obviously something you can't handle. And I'm talking defensive, uh, more particularly here, like. One thing that are I think you I, are you ready to admit that Trey White is more important than you let on to be at the beginning of the year? I always said he was he was very important to the team. I said they could win the Super Bowl without him. They also now have hideout and Poyer out. And then the one thing I was going to say that I think got pushed to the wayside yesterday. Tremaine Edmonds didn't come out to play the second half, and now he yeah. and now he has a groin injury, which is a very very concerning because groin injuries linger it's not just like a, a, a straight break somewhere where you know there's a timetable that yep. you come back groin injuries are brutal um like milano was out last week obviously against the jets like these injuries and, and again listen white like matters a lot to the team i'm not saying he doesn't and him being out still the secondary banged up Edmonds, like it is that's the only reason i'm a little bit concerned for the long-term run of the team down you know down the stretch um, that has nothing to do with them being a bad team. I mean, you're just you're literally riddled with injuries. Sometimes that happens, and it you know it happened to the Sabers in 2006 when they should have won the Stanley Cup, and their entire back end was AHL players, right? Like, it's nothing you can do about it. So, I'm not gonna sit here and, and panic about it. And, and we still have Josh Allen, uh, and QB is the most important position in sports, so that's why I'm okay. But that's just a little area of concern where it's like you can't you can't do anything about it. There's just some injuries that are very very important to this team. The thing that I'll say is why I also I'm not, and that's not. And but hold on, real quick, and that that's not an excuse. I I understand every other NFL team is banged up. That's I'm not making excuses here. I'm just I'm just stating the facts of the matter. No, that's a fair point, and I I agree with what you're saying. You can't control injuries, and I think injuries are the only thing that's going to derail this Bills team at this point, which is proven to be a fact. Because I'm convinced, and I'm going to sound like an excuse guy, but if the Bills are fully healthy there's no way they lose any of the games that they've lost so far. Um, And I'm not even, and I would even argue that if they had one player back in each of those games, they would, they would have won all those games. If that makes any sense. But the thing that, I mean, no excuses got to get the dub, right? (laughs) Yeah, you got it. But the thing that that's keeping me on champion, that's keeping me sane. and, And maybe like in a different year, I wouldn't be saying this is that there's no team this year that I think that we couldn't beat. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? I'm not scared like, we, of anyone. We line, we line up against anybody and I, I think we're favored. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not scared of anyone. That's, that's the, the thing. Chiefs not, is the, I'm not, Chiefs I'm not is the only team where it's like, it's pretty much a coin flip when we match up, but any, give me any other team. And I like us versus them on, on each of our best days. And, you know, and speaking of, speaking of other teams too, like, I know we're not going to like, you know, go through the whole league here, but my kind of hot take of the year so far, and I tweeted this out, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but I think the I think the Eagles might be the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know people are listening to this on Tuesday, and this Monday night game didn't happen yet, but that Steelers team that was undefeated, their first L was to the Washington Commanders. Hey, I'm just saying that I like I think they're a little bit overhyped as well. It just I'm basically just you know piggybacking on your point where I don't you know, think you line like up bad. against any other team. I don't think they're bad either, but you know, you line up against any other team, like I'm not scared of the Eagles. If we play them tomorrow, no, I'm not scared of the Eagles either. I'm just, I could look like I, a genius right now. By I don't, the way, if the Eagles just I don't lost think there's, I don't think they're that bad because they had like an aging Ben Roethlisberger. They had way other, they're completely different teams. Yeah, I, they, I they still went the like 14 and three. The Steelers still went 14 and three, lost to the first round, uh, to the Browns in the first round that year. 
we were yeah. we beat them. They that did. was their second loss of the season. They didn't go fourteen and three. I mean, they, I thought they, they had were like, like three or four. Six. They had like three or four losses. No, they were nine. They were like ten and zero. Played Washington, lost. Then played another team, or no, then played us the next week, lost. And then I think I had like one or two more losses for the rest of the year. And then they played the Browns in the first round, got spanked. So again, this isn't you know I'm not trying to hate on the Eagles here. I think they're a very talented team. I think Hurts is pretty good, but it just goes to your point that we line up against them tomorrow. I'm not worried. I'm not nervous. I'm not scared. So. um that's just kind of what I wanted to say there. So, yeah, the injury thing is just the only thing a little bit, you know, you know, dicey here. But you have this team is different. Like you said, it's not it's not these years of the past where these bad losses are, you know, just the team showing its true colors. It's uh, it, it's different. And, you know, you have a good team. I mean, we've made deep playoff runs the past two years. It's like, let's forget about it and, and just get our head on our shoulders and move forward. So on to Cleveland. Right. Yeah. With that being said, I mean. You, when you look ahead at the schedule, if there's any time to get right, it's right now. I mean, Cleveland, I'm not going to lie. The matchup kind of scares me a little bit because of how good they are at running the football. Yeah, Chubb can but go that's, off. That's a team that you got to beat, especially coming off two L's. Is it at then home? You play, yep. And then you play the Lions on Thanksgiving. You got to win that game. And then you play the Patriots. Who have been? I was actually looking. Yeah, no, I was looking at the schedule, and it's actually kind of crazy that. So after the Browns and Lions, we we play three AFC East games in a row. That scares me a little bit. Just the divisional factor doesn't even matter. That I'm not even saying like the Jets and and the Dolphins are that good. I mean, obviously they're better than years past, but it's just divisional games are different. We all know that, and you know, three in a row. Who? Yeah, but you you get home on those games. You get home. I'm just saying it's going to be a grind. Oh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a grind, but these next three games are extremely winnable. And Absolutely. I think I think it's it could be a time where what the Bills were six and five last year, right? People people seem to forget that that they dropped all the way to six and five. And this is a run after the Bills went to six and five. What they rattled off, I think four or five straight. And yeah. so this is this is where we can be in a prime position to rattle some games off here going into uh Thanksgiving. This is, you know, really get some momentum, take back control of the AFC East. AFC East is still in our hands. Like we control our own destiny in the AFC East. We went out in the AFC East. I'm pretty sure we're going to take that division. So <laughs> the time is now. And, and it starts with this Browns team, which I think is going to be the toughest game on the next three. If I had to, if I had to guess, um, and it's going to be interesting to see who's healthy. I doubt Trey White's going to be playing based on McDermott's comments. I I really hope that uh, Tremaine Edmonds plays because wait, what that, comments on White? He he was just saying that he doesn't think he's he's not there yet. I saw some comments today. Come. So, I mean, it was a year for uh, you know he literally tore his ACL on Thanksgiving, right? So about a year ago, you know, and that's when they say the ISL is, you know, you're usually out a year. So, I mean, really coming up on that. It's not, we're not there yet. So it's not, I don't think there's any like setbacks. I think it's just still recovering. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think you can't take this Browns team lightly. You can't look at their record. I think they only, they're like three and seven, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think they only have three wins. They just got blown out by the dolphins. I, I, I think you got to come in here and make a statement statement win in front of your home crowd, right? The ship. Josh has got to play a good game. I think that defense is very suspect. I mean, the Dolphins just hung 35 on them. I know the Dolphins offense is just motoring, but yeah. this this is a statement game for the Bills, and I like them to win, and I like them to win big. 
<laughs> All right, what do you got for the score? Uh, I'm going to say 34 to 17. Wow. Okay. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to get right here. I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a different game, though, than you think. I, I, I know that defense is suspect. We can hang 30 on them, no problem. But I think the reason, like we just talked about, their run game, they can run the ball well. I think this is almost going to be a grinded out win, not necessarily saying it's going to be close, but I think it's going to be lower scoring. I think the Browns are going to manage, are going to run the ball a lot and they're going to eat clock. And, and so that's just going to, you know, we might just have less possessions. We might score every time, but we might only have three or four possessions in this game type thing. Um, or like two, three, a half. Like, like that's what I'm thinking. Like the Browns are going to eat clock. I think they're going to play. I think defensively, um, on the Brown side too, they're going to make us kind of dink and dunk. And I think Allen is going to like, kind of like you said, start playing within himself again, know that he can't take these deep shots all the time. And he's going to stick to the, to the script of, you know, get it to digs on those five yard plays. So I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I'm going to say that we're going to win 24 to I'll go 24, 17. So one score game, but I do like the under in that game, regardless of what it is. I'm, uh, I would like the under if I ever bet in Bill's games, but I, I think it's going to be a kind of grinded out bill. Uh, Browns are going to eat clock, run the ball, um, and they're going to have success running the ball. They're just going to, you know, eat so much clock where it's, you know, you can only have so much time to, to actually put points on the board. So um, that's where I'm at, but I, I do feel really confident going in. Like I just can't see Josh and, and McDermott and, and this team dropping three in a row to the jets at home, at home to the jets to to the Vikings the way it happened I'm not saying the Vikings are bad but the way it happened and then to a Brown team that's definitely inferior to us so I I just I'm putting my you know eggs in a basket that we're not losing three in a row on this with this team that's where I'm at a little slower game slower pace 24 17 Bills take the dub and we get back on track that's where I'm at all right so um anything else on the Bills before we transition over to the Sabres no, I just need him to win just for my mental health and uh just just so I know that I can be comfortable in in my marriage and in my um <laughs> well you got an opportunity back in the, the United States. Yeah, you got an opportunity. Good good segue here. Uh tonight as you guys are listening to this, I think the Sabres are back in action. So, you know, you have that opportunity to kind of right the ship here early on in the week. Um God, it's just like I just remember at the beginning of the year, like these episodes were so much happier. The bills were buzzing. The Sabres were buzzing. And now I'm like, all right, you ready to talk about the Sabres? I'm like, God, they just <laughs> lost like three in a row. Um, but yeah, yeah they've been struggling. Um, the, the thing here, here's the thing though, a little silver lining, half glass, full type. I haven't been like mad about the way the Sabres have been playing necessarily. Yeah, maybe it's, it's gonna sound like loser talk, but I kind of agree with. I know yeah, where you're gonna go. Like maybe aside agree. with the 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 Arizona game where we we dominated, we, you still like again no excuses. You can't lose to Arizona at home there, and I said it was a must win. Like if you want to make the playoffs, you can't lose those type of games. Um, but like our defense is just really bad. Our defense has been bad, but we're still scoring. We're still flying up and on the ice like. It's an exciting team to watch. Like it, it does sound like loser talk, and especially you start up to seven and three. Now you're seven and eight, I believe. Um, do, have we lost five in a row? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I touch down and we lose five in a row. Yeah, God. I mean, but I don't know. That's kind of where I've been like these past couple of games. Like, it, you say you agree with that? Yeah, I mean the Arizona game is the one that sticks out to me as an exception because we only score one goal against Arizona. Like, 
I know we controlled yeah. we controlled play the entire game. We just weren't generating enough chances. And, and, and those goals, that. dude, that Arizona scored, like those are all again no bogus. excuses. But like the first goal, literally, power like deflected off his skate to a wide open guy. Thirty seconds into the game, yeah. the second the the power play goal they scored deflected off Cousins in the high slot. I think the I think the third goal was kind of like a it went off Cousins again. Yes, Cousins scored twice for the other team. So yeah. again, you, you can't lose. There's no excuses there, but. But you got to score ah. more than one goal. Yeah. No, absolutely. You got to get the puck to the net. <laughs> but the other, I didn't get to watch the Vegas game. Um, oh my! Oh my God! I forgot that happened. Yeah. You are one lucky. Wow. Why weren't you watching that game? I was at. Uh, I was at a dinner with. I completely <laughs> blacked that out of my mind, man. Dude, I was. I, I was. I was. I was literally so happy. I was at uh, I was at a dinner because when I checked the box score and I was seeing what was going on, I was like, "Thank God I'm not watching this." This guy, man, you know, you talk about a guy in Jack Eichel, <laughs> and he is. I told this to Dad after the game. I was watching with him. He's my he's my most hated athlete of all time, surpassed Brady already. It's more personal. It's a personal thing with Eichel. It's more. Wow. It's my era. In. And again, silver lining was, I tweeted this out after the game too. It just once again, like, listen, he dominated us that night. He had a hat trick, he had an assist, yeah, he was all over the can't ice. can't really say much. He can't say much. He dominated. He's a very, I've never, if you go and watch the tapes back when we talk about the whole Eichel thing for the whole last summer or whatever it was, you, Nobody questioned his you skill. both never questioned his skill and how good of an actual hockey player he is. But after he scores his first goal, what does he do? He He can't just, he can't just, you know, take the higher road and, 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 you know, just sell you with his boys, whatever. He looks right out to the crowd, gives him kind of like the, are you entertained? Look after his second goal, he's like the most fired up he's ever been. Um, and I get it. It's emotion playing against your former team, but he, he, he was trying, he, it was more than what he usually does. And then at the end of the game, he obviously scores a hatchet. He goes nuts. And then it's a regular season game in November, dude. And he's waving bye to the crowd. It's insane. He's waving by to the crowd. Like, how much do we live in his head where I get he dominated us? I really do. But, this, like, you can't – his pregame uh, pressers and all the stuff he's been saying, oh, I, you know, I'm glad to see they're doing well. – dude, give me a break. Give me a break. Like, you can't help yourself out and say that you when you're out there us. on the ice and, and, the, and everything comes back. He's just, just a loser, man. So, yeah, I was fuming. I, I completely blacked that game out of my mind. I completely forgot it happened. That was a bad game by the Sabres. I didn't watch it, so I don't know how you can say that it was an okay game when you give up seven goals. All I know is that Thompson is nasty, though. I'll say that much. He had Thompson's two nasty. sick goals. The thing is, though, no matter no matter what you want to cut it, slice it, dice it, I'm sick of people blaming the goaltending. I, and I, and I, I know I'm like a Comrie guy. I like Anderson. The, this defense is going to hang. I, if UPL's in net, we're getting the same results. Can you agree with that? I I literally said that after the game, after the Vegas game, I said, like, you know this, I said, I'm the biggest UPL supporter out there right now. I can't wait to get his chance. You know how much I love the guy, but how am I scrolling through Twitter and seeing people blame Comrie in that Vegas game when there was like three breakaways, five, two on one, the guy was getting left out to dry. The Sabres have to lead the league in odd man rushes given up. There's they, they give up like five or six, three on twos, two on ones a game. And you just you just asking to lose if if you play that way. And I get that they play uh, a high risk, a lot of pinching. Granado let you do what you want type thing. Yeah, like don't be afraid to carry the puck type of style. 
but you can do that and still be responsibly responsible on the defensive end. Colorado plays like that. Um, well, there's a there's a number of teams that play that style Edmonton. of game. I don't want to compare myself to Edmonton because Edmonton always seems to lose in the playoffs because they play like that. But no, I mean um, they're nasty. Yeah, but but the thing McDavid's is, though, unbelievable. There, there's a lot. There's a lot to learn with this team, and they're still showing. They're, comparing this to other Sabres teams that have started hot and then kind of faltered, and and believe me, there's still there's still a lot of time to right the ship. We're only a game below 500. You can easily rattle. We're going to talk about future schedule here, and they got some lesser quality opponents coming up here where they can start getting some wins back under their belt. It, it all depends where you're at around Christmas time. That's when you really know what you got. And so there's still a lot of season left. Like, this is not a lost season at this point. But comparing this team to last year, the year before, I don't buy it, even though that we're kind of in the same spot as we are. Does that make sense? Like the the wins feel different. The way we play, the losses. No, for sure. Different. We're competitive every game. We're yeah. It's it just we never seem to be completely outmatched. Do you and do you think we're that, younger than every other team? Yeah. Do you do you think that? Let me ask you this, because because obviously the defense is the the main troubles of this team right now. That like specifically not goalie, just the back end, the you know the deep pairs is, and I know and I know we have injuries there too. Like I don't want to keep you know, calling the injury bug, but that's kind of my question. Like, is, is Samuelson that important? Like, is he that, I mean, well, I mean, when we weren't playing, great defensively when he was playing, Clay, but I mean, we were better when you're playing Clay out there. then yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big loss, but I just, there's no depth defensively. Cause I think, I think well, we're he, well, real quick before, before you get into that everybody thought, healthy, before you get into that thought real quick, I also want to say like, like yeah, obviously Samuelson's one of your better defensemen. Yoki Hardy's even you know we don't love him, but he's better than the guys out there. Like yeah, you're gonna be a little bit worse, but it's like it's like the mistakes or, or the way that we're giving up these automatic rushes not aren't necessarily like happening because of the skill level of these def- like of the defensemen, right? Like a lot of it is just like coaching that needs to like tell these guys what to do sometimes. Like there's no way I don't care. You're an NHL team. You can't be giving up five odd man rushes a game, regardless of who's playing back there. You know what I, you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? I mean, a lot of them stem from the forwards. Cause I, you want to talk about this forward group, they play the same way, but we turn the puck over so much in these, yeah. you know, when you're high in the offensive zone cycling, that's where most of these start, right? When a D goes in, Forward has the puck high. He turns it over, and then he leaves the other defenseman out yeah. to dry. Yeah, we love doing that little Middle, cycle. Middlestat the... is the he's the number one candidate for doing that kind yeah. of play. Tuck's been and, giving it away a lot lately too. I know I've been pumping his tires last last episode, but the the past game or two, he's he's done the same thing. The turnovers are from front to back, and you, you want we love pumping the tires of the offense and all these young scores. But there's a lot to learn on that side of the fence too of them making sure that they're handling the puck, putting it in the right situations, dumping the puck, not over stick handling. This team loves to stick handle and tries to make that extra move. And, and we we are so bad at making simple plays, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like we are, we never dump the puck in situations where it's just like, all right, dump it and get a change. You know, just don't do anything yeah. stupid here. Situational hockey, those kind of things that a more mature veteran winning team does and and makes it look so easy and so mindless and so simple we are very bad at and you can tell because we are so young and we don't have that experience but that's going to come with time it's going to come with experience and the things that we're good at are the harder things like being skilled scoring sick goals passing 
you know, yeah, yeah. those the, kind of plays. The the other thing uh, I want to hit at, do you, do you know what happened to Quinn? Did Quinn get hurt? Because he hasn't been practicing. He took with the a team. puck to the face last game. Oh, did he? I didn't. I didn't yeah. catch the whole entire game. I was watching snippets of it, but I know Apostol got hurt, so he's out for I don't know how long. But then, yeah, I, I was looking at the line pairings this morning. I saw Quinn wasn't out there, who I actually think's been playing well. I don't know why he got scratched a couple of games ago. I don't um, know why. I don't know why thirty-seven hasn't taken a seat yet. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I I just didn't know if you had any insight on Quinn and I, to I not to pile on, but. He Granado keeps doing the same thing with him too, putting him in these high octane situations. Yeah. Granado loves him, man. It, it's almost yeah. like it's almost like this weird Crazy. thing. I don't want it to. I agree with him on so many things, but this the one thing I will not be able to see eye to eye on is Casey Middlestat. It's becoming. I'm I'm scared of it becoming one of those things where it was Ralph Kruger how much he hated Skinner. It's like the same as Granado and how much he loves Middlestat. Like I don't want it to become that right where it's like no matter what happens, he's not going to do anything about it. You know, no matter what happened, Skinner, you know, Skinner wasn't in a play for whatever reason. That was the, the most mysterious thing ever when Kruger was coach. And now it's like the, almost like the same thing with Granado here. And um, is that that third line putting him in those crazy situations, like you said, like it's not like he's just playing them. Like he, like you said, he's putting them in like very important situations, defensively, power play, special teams, yeah. right? Like he's getting all these reps that, you know, a superstar should get. And that third line, I think, would have a way better dynamic because I absolutely love the pairing of. Um, cousins with Paterka and yeah. um, he's those two have been good together. And who they're playing with Quinn, right? The three of them. Yep. At one point. Yeah, I love that line. And then the other line was middle sat with um, Olson and who was it? Olson and Krebs, it maybe or Krebs. Yeah, no Krebs. And I think if you throw Asplund on that line and throw Henestrosa on the fourth line with Gergensen's and Oposo, I think you have like. Asplin playing with like a Krebs and a Olsen, I think that line is a little more jammed to it and a little more speed. I, I don't know. I think it would simplify their game. I think playing with Middlestat just he 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 complicates the game so much and he you know he fiddles with it. He makes some nice plays, but he just reminds me of like a, a worse version of like Tim Connolly, if that makes any sense. I like the comparison. <laughs> um but anyway, you want to look ahead Great. real quick? So yeah. Who do we got next? You got to pull it up. Uh, I know we have Vancouver on. Oh, I thought you had it pulled up. Uh, we have Vancouver on tonight when you're listening to this. And then um, and then Ottawa and Toronto are our next three before uh, our next episode. Yeah. So a little bit of a Canadian trip here coming for the boys. Um, how, how, Vancouver, I, I don't know how they've been. I know that they started out the season like 0-7. Um, but... I don't know. Got to get, what do you, what do you, give me, before we sign off here, give me your point, like what you need here. You said you needed to get like, I think half the points <laughs> last week. We got zero. You need four. Four for the next three games. Three. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to sign off here. Kind of an abrupt ending there, but uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Episode 157, one before I die. We will talk to you next week. Go Bills, go Sabres as always. Peace out. I fucked her the first night and then I never called again Next time those all to see me, I was riding with a friend This alligator Kelly, not this Stacy, please Do not hate me, hate the game, baby Do not hate me, hate the game, baby Do not hate me, hate the game, baby Popped out the Lamborghini and she ate me I'll spot her on my sleeve, I need a jet ski Popped off a dozen little private jet Popped that Loretta I shot a snake. Green face AP on by the
That's kind of how to see me. I was riding with a friend. This alligator Kelly, not this Stacy. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, all made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.